Welcome to Money Talks, a series where we talk to financial advisors and business managers that represent professional athletes. Money Talks gives us behind-the-scenes expertise on how athletes can be frugal from the expert's perspective. In this case, we're talking to a, um, someone involved in the sports business space. So we're not necessarily talking to a financial advisor or business manager, but we're talking to my good buddy, Sebastian Sam, someone who I've come to know over the past year, year and a half. Um, great human being full of gems. Um, can't wait to share more about his story. Um, we're going to specifically talk about you know, his role with LinkedIn, um, kind of his story about his life in sports. He was a track star, uh, what he's doing with his company, Forever Athlete, and just different tidbits on um, you know, how athletes can take advantage of the resources that are readily available to them already without any services or money uh, needed. So definitely excited for you guys to hear that. But before we get started, please leave a review, um, share with a friend, um, check out the website. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. We're going to continue to grow this platform, the content from podcasts. Uh, we got three channels, Money Talks, Bank Shots, A Frugal Athlete, all within a Frugal Athlete podcast channel network. Uh, so we appreciate your support. So with that being said, tune into the interview. One. Hey, what's up, Sebastian? Sam, uh, I just want to say thank you for uh, coming on and joining our podcast. Um, let's just get right to it. You know, tell us about yourself. Obviously, I know you, but want the audience to know how we came to meet and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. First off, a little bit about myself. I'm from the Bay Area, born and raised, uh, born in, in San Jose, the heart of Silicon Valley. Uh, <laughs> I was an athlete majority of my life. I ran track at Cal Berkeley, and now I work at LinkedIn in San Francisco. Nice, nice. Um, so how did you get to LinkedIn, and like, what was your career like uh, at Cal as a track star? Yeah, a, a, a bit of background. So I, I focused on a variety of sports while growing up, but track just stuck out because I would win races, basically. So as like <laughs> a lot of everybody. other sports, exactly. You, you know, when you start sticking out as a as a good athlete, you just tend to stick to that sport for, you know, it was soccer for you, it was track for me. Um, what events did you do? I ran the 400 and 800. So my, my, my primary race was the 800, essentially a long sprint for two laps. And uh, I, I was running that race since, yeah, I was like 10 years old or something like that. Ran in a ton of USA track and field national meets while growing up. So I did a lot of club running. And that transitioned into um, high school where, you know, I performed really well at, at state meets, so on and so forth. And uh, Cal. Berkeley recruited me. So I had a few offers from different schools, uh, but ultimately the, the perfect combination of education uh, and an elite sports program uh, brought me to Cal. And, and that's where I became a two-time All-American. Uh, I focused still on the 800. And, uh, favorite race of all time is the 4x4. I love running anchor and yeah, that, that's basically where, where my track career stopped was actually at the end of my senior year, fortunately. 
well, I just got to stop in and say shameless plug. You said Anchor. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Run Let's go. Anchor. So, uh, yo, thanks for that plug. Uh, <laughs> so you have a so not only are you like Bay Area through and through, you have a knack for coming in and just blowing away the competition as the anchor. Um, I always imagine as a track star, you know, seeing someone in front of you and you're the one, the anchor that, you know, everyone's counting out, but at the end, you end, end up winning the race. So I, that's, I can only imagine that's great. Um, Man, so many metaphors for track. So that's, <laughs> that's definitely a good one. So many. So now you're at LinkedIn. Uh, can you talk about, uh, you talked about how your, you know, your career, your student athlete career kind of just abruptly stopped and then, Take us through once you graduated, how you got to LinkedIn and what you're doing at LinkedIn now. Yeah. So I was definitely one of those athletes that thought I was going to be pro and run track well into my 30s, uh, 40s, if that, which some runners even do today. Um, unfortunately, through my career at Cal, I kept getting injured and um, it was a series of injuries, um, mostly towards the end of my career that prohibited me from running and more than that, be inspired to run. Anybody who's out there who's dealt with injuries, uh, you know, that psychologically it, it plays a toll. Uh, but for the most part, I had my eyes set on the 2012 Olympics and I was dropping three seconds every single year since sixth grade. So you can imagine uh, that Olympics a standard was, was getting pretty close for me. Mm -hmm. um, and without really focusing on, on many other careers, I just went all in with track and uh, it was that heartbreak really at the uh, towards the end of my senior season where I really started to understand that, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to be running track anymore. What else is out there for me? So it really wasn't until my second semester of senior year where I started to press the gas on other opportunities that are available to me. Um, ironically, I started to use LinkedIn uh, this isn't when I start when I joined the company, but I started to use LinkedIn to network and get my name out there and figure out what kind of jobs are out there uh, in the workforce. Uh, essentially, I, I landed a conversation uh, with one of my friend's dad, who's the CEO of a medical device company in Los Angeles, and they were running a career development program, like a leadership training program for uh, two years where I can hop into different job functions. So that gave me the exposure really into my workforce. I had a stint in product. I had a stint in marketing, a stint in sales, a stint in customer support. So I really got to identify what I was naturally gravitating to. Um, and sales was it. That's, that's why I stuck in sales. Um, the, the transition really from medical device into LinkedIn came from my own network. So I, I tapped into using LinkedIn to identify people that I went to school with or I grew up with that are now working out in the field. And I was specifically attracted to the tech industry. A good friend of mine um, who we grew up together, went to Cal together, he actually landed a role as a recruiter at LinkedIn. And he poached me from this medical device company. He knew I was interested in sales, knew I was interested in tech. Uh, so we just nurtured that conversation eventually I started on the ground floor in sales at LinkedIn about four years ago. That's amazing. You just spoke about how important network is and how important, you know, taking the time to actively, you know, get yourself involved. You know, you know, um, as they say, you know, just jump in the pool, 
And then that career development program sounded like you're able to, you know, not only see what's out there, but see what you're good at, see what you're passionate about. And for you, it was sales. So I want to ask is what I want to ask is in college, you didn't know that sales was something you wanted to do. It was essentially this career development program. Right. Right. That's right. So I had no idea, absolutely no idea what I was going to do for work. And most athletes out there understand you have your dreams set on becoming a pro athlete. Everything is essentially on a silver platter for you as an athlete. And it's the harsh reality at the end of your education when you have to inspire yourself pretty much to figure out what passions you have outside of sports, what passions you have outside of this day-to-day role as an athlete taking up all of your time. Uh, so again, yeah, that, that uh, was really apparent and, and, and smacked me from behind uh, with the semester to go at Cal. That's crazy. And then now you're working in sales with LinkedIn. Can you talk about your role there and, you know, how it's transpired from uh, year one to now year four? Yeah. So I knew from my medical device company that the one role that really stuck out to me was sales because I was able to be myself. I was able to build relationships with people. Um, Not only that, but I can act as a consultant. I can provide recommendations uh, to people of how they should be using our product. And, and that just really spoke to me more of the fact, double underline the fact that I can just be myself uh, with that role and people got to really know the real me. Um, really couple that with my desire for entrepreneurship and, and building that skill set even from a young age of, you know, building up computers from scratch and selling those computers on Craigslist for money for a burrito at lunchtime. Those would be the little things I would do one off uh, to build like an entrepreneurial skill set. But that also translates into sales for me. Um, You get to treat your own territory, your own book of business as if it is your own business. It's your own company that you're managing and and people and companies, the way that they interact with LinkedIn is through you. So essentially I I took that entrepreneurial mindset and applied it to my role uh, in sales. And I've, I've grown up, uh, through the LinkedIn sales system in this way. I uh, started in sales development. You can think of it as an entry-level sales role in tech where you're reaching out to a ton of customers, you're qualifying customers, you're doing market research, learning these prospecting skills, the hard skills you need in sales. Um, but you know, I'd apply those hard skills through the years with the soft skills that I developed through sports um, and my education at Cal and it allowed me to grow uh, to account executive role where I was representing LinkedIn and selling directly to customers, a full cycle sales role. And now it led me to my role as a relationship manager. This is a role at LinkedIn that works as a customer success advocate, um, as well as you know having a quota. So I'm in charge of, of a book of business and businesses that I have to sell to. That's amazing to see the transitions you've made within a short amount of time. Um, I wanted to touch on something you brought up about, you know, the hard skills and the soft skills, both where you learned on the job and through sports. Um, Obviously, famous owner Mark Cuban says that if you can have one job in your life, it should be a sales job. You learn so much through sales, um, like like you talked about earlier. But also, studies have shown that athletes are great sales persons 
Do you believe that to be true? 100%. So athletes, really just athletes make, like yeah, I think athletes make amazing salespeople. The, the biggest reason for me is imagine year in and year out in track, I put a number in my mind of where I wanted to be at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. If it was in high school and it was my sophomore year, I told myself in the 800, I hope to be at one minute and 55 seconds. What steps did I need to take through the duration of an entire track season to hit that goal? Well, I had to break those steps down into practice. How many hours of practice should I be dedicating myself to every week? Right? What type of nutrition uh, plan do I need to implement to reach that goal? Who do I need to train with to reach that goal? How many hours of sleep should I be getting? So now you can see there's an action plan to reaching that goal. Exact parallel to sales. You have a number in front of you, either at the end of the quarter, the end of a half, or at the end of a year. And you have to create your own plan, work with your managers, work with your peers to implement that plan to reach your goal. So um, Jeff Weiner, who's the CEO of LinkedIn, in many of his talks today, he's saying that soft skills are going to be the biggest gap in our workforce today. Soft skills are collaboration, teamwork, leadership, right? These are all skills that are innate for athletes after years of development. So you can, you can see why, you know, those two things might play into a sales role. Um, so I, I try to capitalize on, on the skill set that I've built uh, and more the daily practice of executing that plan to help me reach that goal. No, that's a perfect lead in. So in your opinion, why should athletes use LinkedIn? Because when you originally started, it was as a means to just connect, um, connect with people that you wanted to, you know, relate to and the different sectors that you may have, may or may not be interested in. But as a professional athlete or student athlete, what am I supposed to put on my LinkedIn profile? Totally. So you're to- I'd say you're, you're correct. Most people have the perspective. And they perceive LinkedIn as just uh, a site to find jobs. LinkedIn today has more than 615 million members across the entire globe. That's a ton of people. And not only that, it's a social network. This is a place that people are coming to, that companies are coming to, to start posting content. You're probably going to post this, con- uh, this, this, uh, podcast on LinkedIn, right, to share with your network. So um, Reed Hoffman, who's the founder of LinkedIn, created it as a social networking site where you can connect with people, you can become more informed about what people are doing that are within your network, and then eventually you can find your dream job, right? So uh, given all of this information that exists on the platform, people are using it in different ways, Um, I would inspire anybody to create a LinkedIn profile if they're looking to learn more about what goes on in a specific industry, right? If I'm graduating from college and I have no idea what someone in sales does, well, you can read dozens and dozens of job postings every day to start to understand the type of skills you need to develop. Not only that, but say you identify a role that you do like, you can actually reach out to recruiters. You can set your profile settings to have recruiters reach out to you based off of jobs that you're interested in. 
Um, and, and there are other products that we've developed, but at, at the end of the day, if you think of LinkedIn as this now ecosystem of 615 million professionals, uh, the, the job or career that deep down you really desire is, is sitting right there waiting for you. It's up, up to you to build your professional brand to get it. No, it's really important that you said that LinkedIn is its own world. I recently read that you guys uh, like lowered the age limit as well. So now more and more uh, younger individuals are getting on the platform. The organic reach for LinkedIn is amazing. It's, it's uh, so easy to use. Um, I use it personally with the Frugal Athlete, and I've been able to connect with, I feel like actually that's how we connected through LinkedIn. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so we did. In terms of like, all right, so I'm an athlete. Um, I don't want to use myself as an example, but even just putting myself out there, just not only to learn, but say I wanted to connect with someone like you, how would I go about it? Um, irrespective of, you know, a frugal athlete and what you're doing um, with yeah. LinkedIn as it pertains to athletes. Yeah, the, the cool part about LinkedIn is you can simply within a search bar type in a city that you want to network with people. You know, say you're in Austin now, you can literally within the search bar type in Austin. And LinkedIn will actually provide you with recommendations of people to connect with based off of your existing connections today. So as like a very simple way to build your connections with, pe with people in different industries, you can literally type in your city name. It'll refer content to you that's being generated in your city. It'll refer, refer people to you. It'll refer schools, companies, et cetera. So you can do a lot of research and just really inspire yourself uh, to, to seek out either new opportunities or, or just start conversations, start discussions, right? So the, yeah. the, the, the reach that you're talking about with, with LinkedIn is really cool. Uh, and, you know, a really good example of that is imagine I have 500 connections on LinkedIn, essentially friends on LinkedIn. You can think of it that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, you might have a thousand connections. Let's say I post an article on LinkedIn, it's going to reach my 500 connections when they log on to the site, right? Mm -hmm. Let's, let's say you see my, my piece of content that I just posted, and then you like it, or you commented on it. That post that I you know, created is now going to spread to your entire connection base of a 1000 people. So now the organic reach just off of you engaging is 1500 plus and so on and so forth. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes perfect sense. And even cool. like if we take um, the NFL draft coming up, say I'm a rookie about to get drafted. I get drafted to, you know, the Los Angeles Rams. I used to play in Alabama, so I'm not familiar with California. I go on LinkedIn, make this announcement, type in the, the certain filters that I need to, and I'm able to connect with a whole demographic outside of the football field just by using LinkedIn. And it's not just connecting with – you know, fans, it's connecting with businesses, uh, industry, industry sectors. If I want to start a charity, if I want to do a brand deal, these are ways that LinkedIn benefits me as the athlete. Exactly. And especially for the athletes that aren't part of the 10% uh, of, of athletes where everyone knows exactly who you are, right? The Steph Curry's, um, of, of the world or LeBron James, right? They can essentially snap their fingers and have a business opportunity lined up because they have teams working for them. Imagine if you're, um, you know, a, a professional snowboarder, yeah. right? Imagine if you're a professional archer 
and you're looking for brands, companies to connect with, because maybe there's a case where they sponsor you. You're an archer and you love to wear Nike sunglasses. Well, who's the person at Nike that you should be reaching out to to start that conversation about branding or about sponsorships? Well, all you would do on LinkedIn is type in Nike, type in, type in sponsorships, maybe type in where they're headquartered and they'll give you, LinkedIn will give you a list of people you can connect with uh, to start the conversation. And the piece of advice there is, you know, just be yourself at the end of the day. If you're interested in working for a company, if you're interested in a sponsorship opportunity, those brands uh, should really just resonate with who you are as a person. Uh, and that's the easiest way to get a conversation started, easiest way to get your network started. No, that's amazing. I want to shift gears because you talked about it earlier about your, you know, your entrepreneurship uh, bug and you started Forever Athlete. Uh, obviously, I know what it is. We were able to talk about it a little bit in depth in our previous conversations, but I want you to share with the, the audience, you know, what exactly is Forever Athlete? Definitely. So I, I've always had that entrepreneurship bug. I, I gave you the example of um, you know, selling computers and computer parts for burrito money. Uh, my my <laughs> so this dad is. Chipotle, huh? <laughs> this before Chipotle. This is uh, school made burritos uh, that were just fire, five dollars pop. Um, I grew from selling computer parts to uh, realizing there was a need. Um, well, my dad really had a need to sell his textbooks. He was a, a professor. Uh, at a college here in the Bay Area, a business professor. So he always had a ton of extra textbooks laying around. Um, and I would actually sell these textbooks on half.com. So again, I, I just would naturally pick up on these little things, the hustle, so to say, to, to, to find some extra cash flow. And it was in college when my, my brother started uh, this company, Forever Athlete, started the brand Forever Athlete. And what this what forever athlete initially was was a donorship program uh, what he'd do is collect donations from people and issue them to student athletes in need so student athletes would essentially log on to the website um, write a story about themselves of why they need a scholarship and forever, forever athlete would donate money to them either for books or for food or for housing That's forever amazing. athlete yeah, it, it, it was amazing, which is why I was so attracted to not only the, uh, you know, the concept of helping student athletes in their development, but more than that, the brand itself just sticks out so much, right? Forever athlete. I developed so many skills uh, while growing up and perfecting my craft as an athlete that I can be an athlete forever, forever in, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, whether it be the soft skills that I developed and I'm now using them in my career or, um, you know, maybe it's a job opportunity that came about as an athlete. So essentially, I want to be an athlete forever. That brand really stuck out. And the, the big gap through my years as a professional has been how can athletes find their true calling outside of sports? How can athletes identify other passions that they have outside of um, their nine to five job as an athlete. And many of us do have other skills and other interests. We don't have the time to cater to them. Uh, not only that, but we don't build the network to cater to those side passions. So the, the need really for Forever Athlete came about 
Um, and the goal mission is to help athletes transition from sports into their next play. So it comes with inspiring with content and it comes with educating on the skill set needed to reach that next career goal. That's amazing. So when it comes to the transition, obviously you've done, you've dealt with it. You've consulted many other athletes and individual groups on how to transition. What would be your three steps, your three steps for an athlete? Say uh, I'm about to retire. What would you, what would you tell me besides get on LinkedIn? Yeah. Reflect. First thing I'd say is reflect, figure out, figure out the things of, of your past that you were genuinely attracted to, you know, were you, were you into BMX riding, right? Were you into music? Were you into writing? And these are the little hobbies, so to say you would do and you liked doing when you were younger or through the years. And uh, essentially there's a job for that. So reflect is, is kind of the first thing that I would recommend. The next step um, I would, I'd recommend is become knowledgeable educate yourself if you're interested in writing this is the type of content i would start digesting on the internet using google facebook uh, any kind of medium to absorb more content so educate yourself and then the the third bullet point is network so you already have as an existing athlete you already have a brand that you could be leveraging not only are you an alumni of your school or did you attend a university which has a big network of people you can connect with but the industry that you're hoping to find the job you're hoping to land in has its own big network of people to connect with so the third bullet point is to network with individuals that either went to your school or are in the field that you're hoping to find yourself in Uh, those are all three gems i really like how you talked about reflect because sometimes you just need to sit back and just decompress and just really reflect on, you know, obviously you had a great career, however long it lasted, but reflect on other things you did that gave you passion outside of your sport, you know, becoming right. knowledgeable, you know, obviously um, you don't know what you don't know. So it's, it's important to educate yourself. And then your, your network, lastly, you talked about how your network, you know, from, from originally getting on LinkedIn and getting your career into medical sales with a friend's dad to working at LinkedIn through a recruiter, a family friend. Uh, I want to talk about that too, because, you know, there's some athletes that are doing good with their transition. So they get into the job. uh, You've worked all your life. You're at this elite level and then you get a job. In most cases, you got to start entry level. How, 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 are athletes supposed to adjust to that? Sure. It's never easy and, and there's no true formula. I don't think for, for a good answer to that. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, an athlete knows how to humble themselves when they know they're not at their goal. Mm-hmm. And it's in that humility I've, I've found for myself where I enter this work mode where I'm almost overly obsessive about reaching this goal of doing whatever I can to land that job I'm looking for, that sponsorship that I'm looking for. So I I think more than anything else, it it comes with humility and and focusing your intention on, on that goal you're going after 
and just grinding to get it. Um, for the for the most part, um, you know, I think that re- reflection piece is important. Like the self discovery is important to help you identify what you're really passionate about. And you know, once you know you're passionate about something and it sits well with your gut, that's when you're willing to do uh, whatever you can to to reach it, reach that passion, reach that goal. So um, so yeah. No, that's amazing. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you gave gems throughout the whole podcast interview, uh, but I know you got to go. I know you, you continue to do good things <laughs> with yeah. LinkedIn. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. With Forever Athlete, I want to end with like a lightning round. We call it quick hits, you know, try to have like a sports analogy in there. Um, so if that's okay with you, we'll end it with that and go let you get, get back to your back to your lovely family. Off the script. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Uh, obviously this is a frugal athlete podcast, so we got to do most frugal thing you've done. Most frugal thing I've done. Hmm. Most frugal thing I've done. I recently, I have a 10 month old and honestly, everything he's worn to this date is a hand me down. (laughs) We've, 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 pretty not much not purchased a single thing because my son elio has three older cousins all boys so uh shout out my brother um and his wife because you know they've gifted us all all these treasures and they grow so fast kids grow so fast there's no point of buying clothes oh it's brand new (laughs) he's wearing brand new he's worn hardly using nikes his (laughs) nikes look fresher than mine okay best financial or personal development book you'd recommend? Hmm. I would say the best startup book I'd recommend. Have you ever heard of the book, The Startup of You? Oh, so I've heard of it. I haven't got around to it on reading it. It's on my list though. So I do have to move, yep. I have to move it up to pecking order, huh? That's a good one. All right, let me write it's that down. It's adapting to the future and investing in yourself. It's a book by Reed Hoffman. Oh, Reed Hoffman. Shout out to founder of LinkedIn. Okay. Shout out Reed. <laughs> best thing, uh sorry, best investment you've ever made. It doesn't have to be like, you know, a financial investment, just like it can be something you've done for yourself. Whatever. Best investment I've made is in my health. Respect. The, health as well. Yeah, best yeah, health as well. The better I feel, the more I can give, right? right? The, you know, the more I focus on my health, I can give to my family. Um, you know, I can give to the friends around me. I can be present in the moment uh, during a discussion like this because I feel good. I feel great. Uh, I went on a long run yesterday, so my whole body, my energy is just feeling great. Oh, okay. Quick, quick uh, shift. So you've spent your whole life doing like short not short, but sprints. And then now you're going yep. on long distance runs. How does that work? <laughs> well, it, I, I don't know. I, I just know I need to get my heart rate up. Um, <laughs> t- a couple, uh, two years ago, I ran 500 miles in 50 days. Huh? 500 miles in 50 days. So I ran 10 miles a day for 50 days. No uh, ended up losing losing out on some miles towards the end. So I ran two marathons in two days, back to back. Worst thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Never doing that you again. You couldn't pay me to but, do that. 
Yeah, that that's actually probably what inspired me to do these longer runs. I'd, I'd never been a long distance runner, but as soon as I started to do these 10 mile runs on a daily basis, hopping on the track or hopping on a trail and doing three, four miles real quick is, is no big. Oh, respect. Okay, lastly, what it means to be a frugal athlete, in your opinion, obviously, we've known each other for quite a while. Uh, you've been a follower of the uh, company and brand. So I respect that really appreciate your support. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of synergy with what you're doing as well with forever yeah. athlete. So in your opinion, as a former student athlete yourself, what it means to be a frugal athlete. We live in the day and age of having so much content at our fingertips. Why not learn from the experiences of people that are so similar to us as athletes? We've had thousands and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of athletes graduate from school before us. Not only that, we've had thousands of examples of athletes failing, whether it be morally, whether it be financially. So having this content at our fingertips to really learn and understand what are athletes going through right now? What did athletes go through and how they make it to where they are today? Learning that story and narrative is, is so important, and that's why uh, I'm, I'm such in alignment with the frugal athlete is because you are sharing these examples on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis for us to, to learn from and improve ourselves. Man, that was a gem. I might have to start the, the podcast <laughs> with that, with that soundbite, man. I really appreciate you for your time. Oh, thank you, Thanks. man. Uh, where can we find you? Uh, obviously, uh, on LinkedIn, but yeah, other, find other me places. on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. that, that's all I'm gonna refer people to. Find me on LinkedIn, uh, just in the search bar, type in Sebastian Sam LinkedIn, and my name should pop right up. I'm a relationship manager at LinkedIn. Nah, in real talk, reach out to Sebastian. Uh, he's full of gems and he's very responsive. I remember when I originally hit him up, I think within 30 minutes, he responded back to me. Within a week, we're on the phone. Uh, within a month, we were at the same conference together. So uh, he's very responsive, very helpful, and uh, one of the leading industry leaders in this in this space we call uh, Impact. So I appreciate you for taking the time. Um, catch us on another episode whenever we post. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I appreciate you. Thank you for the invitation. Looking forward to our next talk. All right. Catch you later. All right. Take care.